Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the pod so far. Before we get to today's episode, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's how I started this one. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Now, let's get to the show. What up, guys, and welcome to episode 10 of the Brave Birds Pod. I'm a little depressed right now, but we'll get on with the show and I'll try and be as happy as possible. So let's get started yeah. with Woo. the Atlanta. Yeah. Let's get started with the Atlanta me. sports. We'll start with Falcons because not much to talk about. They had a bye week in week six, and we got Dolphins upcoming. Um, Tua did not look good last week against the Jags, so I am excited for this week, and I think we're going to pull one out. Has Tua looked good any week? He's not bad. Before his injury, I would say he looked a lot better, but I feel like his injury is still um, messing with him, and so that's why he didn't do so well. But, yeah, so I feel like we can easily take a win right here this upcoming week, and that would be huge, putting us three and two. I think when you also come off of an injury of a couple weeks, you're running into timing issues, especially with... Like uh, newer wide receivers like Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, who have either both been in, have also been injured or have just been new to the system, where you're running into issues where like yes, your timing might be off, or you know you're might may not get out of the breaks in time, or you're getting used to the offensive line if there was somebody missing. Just different like little calls and looks here that more experienced guys that have played together, like say like Tom Brady or Gronk, would be able to just look at each other and know. That's yeah. not stuff that you would necessarily be able to do if you haven't played with that guy for three weeks. And prior to week one of this season, you've never played with them before at all. True. Didn't Wait, hold on. I've, wait, didn't Jalen Waddle and Tua play together? No. Yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure they did. They Waddle, did, but Waddle... Yes, yeah. he won a Heisman. No, he won a Heisman. No, no, he didn't win a Heisman. He got injured. He got injured. He was there when Tua was there, and he was their number one receiver when Tua was yeah, there. That's what I'm, I'm I did not positive. know that. Okay, then I take it back. Maybe it's just the timing with the offense. Never mind. Yeah, no, it's okay. You made a fool of yourself. It's all right. It's there now. And he's also but probably worried about his ribs and stuff and getting hit. Oh. I want some baby back, baby back, baby back. Um, I have a question. Um, <clears throat> speaking of experience, guys, how do we think the Falcons are going to line up against the Dolphins? Let's talk with the Falcons. I think we get a good chance with lining up. If the Falcons were able to take some of the film from that Jaguars game last week against the Dolphins, James Robinson was able to run the ball um, pretty effectively, got a rushing touchdown, got a good amount of yardage from the run. Trevor Lawrence was able to run a little bit. Um, so I think we may be able to utilize our two running back system, and I think it'll open up some of the play action um, for Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, and uh, Calvin Ridley now that he's going to be back. And hopefully he's playing motivated after being out for a couple weeks. 
Yeah, and be him being back will take off some pressure on Kyle after his breakout game the week before the bye. So now people will have to look at both of them. And if we go, just like when Julio and Calvin were here, we went for either one of them, but they couldn't dominate both of them. How how do we think that the, I mean, like, what do we think about the Dolphins versus the Falcons? Like, okay, do we think the Dolphins are that bad of a one in five team? Yes. I think this okay, will be yeah. a great confidence booster for the uh, O-line and for them to get some practice in because their defense isn't great at rushing. So I feel like that'll help our offensive line actually get like more comfortable playing in the NFL and everything because we have and a I mean, couple rookies because of injuries. So yeah, you know, and I and I, I get that. I think it'll be great for the whole line, but like, I mean, the Dolphins like they've lost us. They've had some pretty bad games, like thirty-five to zero versus the Bills, forty-five to seventeen against the Bucks, and yeah, they just lost to the Jags. Their only wins against the Pats, but like, they took the Raiders to overtime. So. I, I just think for the Falcons, we can't sleep on this. Like, we have to... Yeah, you're right, Artie. We're going to have to mix it up and see if we can incorporate the, the run game more. I think that's the take that I'm ta- that I'm going with, is, like, we, we really can't sleep on the Dolphins and just check this box off and move to the next one. I think turnovers is going to be a big thing, too, because the first four games, I believe, they had at least one or two turnovers. Um, that th- Their defense was able to produce one or two turnovers. So I think we're going to definitely need to be able to take those down. And if we do turn the ball over, make sure that our defense is there to not allow them to capitalize. Yep. So hopefully we have a good week coming out against them. Other than that, yeah, I feel like we'll I feel like we'll get the W on them. Moving on to the Hawks. We got our season opener coming up. Actually, when this comes out, it'll be that night. Oh, so yeah, on October 31st, 21st, sorry, we play the Mavs, Mavericks at home. So... It'll be Trey Young versus Luka Doncic. Doncic? Doncic? How do you Donkic. pronounce his name? Luka Doncic. Luka? Luka Doncic. Wow, why is it hard to say? Why is it so hard to say? Right, say his name. Luka Donke. <laughs> Luka Doncic. Doncic, okay. But um, anyways, we ended the preseason well. We went 2-2 two and two in preseason. We absolutely blew Miami Heat out in the second game or the last game of the preseason. We won 127, like 91. So that puts a lot. Um, you know what's, uh, what I'm sad about about the Hawks? Is that we're like the 10th favored to win the championship this year. I'm not okay. sad about that at all, honestly. I am. I we should be it. higher. We're good. Okay. I mean, we're the te- how, many, how many teams are in the league? 32, I think, 30? No, no, that's the NFL, Zach. There's not 40. Well, there's 32 in the NFL. There's 30 in the MLB. 30. 30. Okay, so just like bitch. Yeah, yeah, so bitch. Yeah, so Yeah, so Zach, you Talking to Will, sorry. No, I said yeah, 30 exactly. or 32. You said 32. There's less. We're in the top third, and that's what we should be excited about. Okay. And, and you're right. Let's be upset about it. Nothing wrong with that. We have higher hopes for the Hawks, and we think that we're going to prove that we are a, a title contender. Yep, I think that's good. Um, I'm excited to see what Trey Young has to say, or has you know, like in, up his sleeve. And uh, yeah, there's not really much else to say since the season hasn't started yet. Well, so, actually, there is some great news. We just signed yeah. Kevin Herter for uh, another four years for 65 million, so we just extended his contract. So oh, our whole sick. core is basically all re-signed. So we're going to have these 
starting five and like the two extra bench, two uh, bench players for the next like five years. That is fantastic. I just like I, I like that we're being able to we're putting an emphasis on investing in young talent. And um, where I felt like for a long time we were getting we were either getting the talent, kind of nurturing it, and then they'd go somewhere else. Like let's say Al Horford going to the Celtics, Schroeder um, going to the Lakers, Schroeder going to the Lakers, or you see, or we'd run into an issue where we were getting older players that were at the tail end of their careers, and yep. then they were just utilized as position players or just rebounds. Yeah, but now something. we just have a couple of those older players to guide the younger ones, which is nice. Like Lou Williams, he's been in the seat then the. NBA for like 17 year seasons or something like that. Right, but you also see games too with like Lou Williams where he's able to go for 18 points yeah, and, and put up numbers, 12 assists. And and that's what we need. We need guys to be able to step up, especially if it's either an off night for Trey or with the way that he plays. Unfortunately, he can sometimes get hurt. We need to be able to have people that can manage the somebody like Lou Williams that can manage the court if Trey's not on the not on the court. Yeah, so I'm happy about and being able to keep the starting five for the next like five years or so. Like they're going to build and actually know each other and do really well because they'll know exactly what each of them wants to do. All right, but yeah, looking forward to the Hawks season this year. Um, Again, opener will be tonight, October 21st. So let's move Ooh. on to exciting and depressing at the same time. Yeah, With... Zach, you sound like you are just very <laughs> sad. You sound Zach. Just you got something gotta... depressing. Just uh, we're still ahead. We're, we're still we're ahead. still good, but we're moving on to the Braves. We're up two to one in the series. We just finished game three, blew a three run lead. Thank you, Luke Jackson. Going back to your old twenty twenty self. Please just let that be the last time you look like that and come out next game strong. But yeah. Hey, at least we have home field advantage, so we'll at least come home and be able to have two games there if we can't take one game in the L.A. But speaking of them, game one, great game. Oh, my Lord. We won 3-2. to two. Riley's an MVP. He was a menace to L.A. in that game. I will say that what I like about this year's Braves team is, and I think we've said this in previous weeks, but like we... we we have hitters stepping up, and it's not just one area of the lineup. Our rotation is kind of firing on, like, multiple cylinders. Like, we've got Austin Riley proving he's an MVP in the field and at bat. Rosario stepping up big. And then, you know, of course, it's Jocktober, right? We can't go by without mentioning how Jock Peterson has just helped carry this Braves team to a couple of victories since we picked him up um, at the trade deadline. Like, I, the thing is, okay, yeah, I— I mean, I was pretty. I was cussing about 15 minutes ago. I was really sad. It sucks that we blew this game. It absolutely sucks. Every Atlanta fan knows what this feels like, but we are in a good spot. We just have like we we've made it this far. We've made it to the dance, and now we have to fucking tango. Yeah, I'm just sad because we blew the three-run lead. Otherwise, we are looking strong. Yeah, about yeah to say, if before we'll be right. like the series started, I told you that we were up two to one, three games in. And Freddie had gotten back from his poor hitting performance. I would be thrilled. So I mean, exactly. it's still a very good situation to be in. We can yeah. pull one out of these next two LA games and come home to win. 
we're still sitting in front. Like it's good. I'll say it's bull, bullpen was looking real good at the end of the season, especially with the Brewers bullpen game. We won that game. So. Right. Well, so wait. So question. So do we know who's going to start in the bullpen game? Because I think we have some ideas, right? I assume it's going to be Jesse Chavez, then Smiley coming out in the second or third inning. Okay. And pitching for a I, couple, I, then I, maybe you know after that. Dude, I really like Chavez. So do I. He's I, a great pitcher. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, he let a hit in tonight. It was the go-ahead run, but, like, if it had been 5-2, that, that wouldn't have really... That wasn't his exactly. run, though. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, he didn't even... That runner was already on base. He inherited that that runner in scoring position. So, like, it was it was fine, um, honestly. I think that I, I really like, like, the... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to stay optimistic here. I like the veteran mentalities that we've got, too. Like, you can tell Charlie Morton didn't let that two-run homer get to him. He continued to pitch. He got five strikeouts. He did really well. Like you can tell that a lot of our players still have a chip on their shoulder from those previous playoff runs, and and they're not playing like this is the first time they've been here. They've been in this exact situation going up against this same Los Angeles team before. So this is great. This is good. We lost some momentum tonight, but we are nowhere near out of this yet. We're, we just have to keep fighting. We have to keep fighting. These next games are crucial, and we can we we could hopefully pull this out. But we, I mean, this is anybody's series right now, and thankfully the Braves have a two-one lead. Yeah, so I'm gonna finish recapping. Game one, Austin Riley had two at four at bats, two great hits with two RBIs, and his last hit was a walk off for us to win the game three to two. Game two, Rosario was the MVP of that game. He was five for four on at bats. He had. One RBI when we needed it, and he had a run scored off of a wild pitch. He stole and got a beautiful, um, scored a beautiful slide. Yeah, so we got he got that walk off straight up the middle. Swanson scored. It was great. Can we talk about the real MVP of Ron Washington in the windmill of an arm he had that night? Oh yeah, go ahead. Where he just Wait, kept. Every every time the ball was hit and we had people running position, he sent them home. Mm-hmm. He just kept sending them, and it was aggressive, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought that old man's damn near arm was going to fly off. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so games one and two were great games. Got those two wins, both walk-offs, which was awesome. Game three was a little bit harder to watch after the eighth inning, but hey, we'll come back and get tomorrow's or get Wednesday's game. Y'all know that score by the time this comes out. So we'll see how that goes. And then game five. I'm I'm still very confident in any game that we're getting the chance to get Freed or Charlie back on the mound. I'm or honestly even so Ian Ander, even Ian Anderson, I'm happy. What I can't wait for, they might use Ian Anderson in Game Five, in the last home in the uh, Dodgers' last home game, since he only went three innings the other night. So they might use start him in Game Five and do the same thing they basically did when he started um, the other night in Game Two. But what's great about us come be, taking those two home games is we come home no matter what, even if we're down two to three, we have Freed starting on Saturday and Morton starting on Sunday. So. And you know what? And yeah, go hey, on. Hey, hey, over here. I got something to say. The South's got something to say. You know what I noticed was Walker Bueller, he looked pretty shaken up, and it kind of seemed like the Dodgers head coach, the, their GM, 
was just like throwing people out left and right from the bullpen. So I I think that th- that you if you get the Dodgers in those sticky situations, they're going to start flailing with people on the mound. Yeah, it looked like Dave Roberts walked about a mile and a half tonight, just walking to the mound. Yeah, which is good. That's I mean, it, all this is good, but you know, like we don't. I, I don't have much else to add. I'm just trying to stay optimistic. This isn't. This is not the best, but this is not the worst either. We could be down one to two right now. Yep, and. Charlie talked about how, like, playing in the West, how it's all dry out there compared to Atlanta. He's not used to that, like, the grip of the ball when it's, like, dry air. He talked about that, and that's why he doesn't he doesn't throw his best pitch when he's out there, his curveball. He said that's well, his hardest hope, pitch to throw out there, so. Let's hope that we, uh, let's, let's hope that we're playing Boston then and not Houston. Yeah, I know, right? We get to the World Series. Yeah. But Boston's looking great. They're up two one right now in the uh, going into the seven, uh, bottom of the sixth. Um, otherwise, yeah, yep. Braves look good. Let's move on to the uh, ALCS. Bro- Boston, what what the heck? Three grand slams in two games. They are blowing Houston out. Granted, right now this game is pretty even, two to one. But those games two and three. Boston just got mad. <laughs> but guess guess who the only other team to hit three grand slams in a postseason is? The Braves. Yes. 19, Los Bravos. The 1998 Braves had three grand slams in that postseason run. Granted, it was multiple games, not just this, uh, or multiple series, not the same series. So they do have a speed on that, but still awesome that they we have the other record for most grand slams in postseason but yeah i'm hoping boston wins i don't want to face a bunch of cheaters so yeah nobody does that's all i got for mlb let's move on to some college football we had a pretty good week not not too many good games but i mean there were some good some good upsets from what i saw oklahoma state barely beaten texas how about that game I think, it was, uh, I think it was a real showing of what Oklahoma State can do. Uh-huh. I think te- Texas is one of those teams for the Big 12 right now where it's like if you're better than them, you're like you're pretty good. If you're not better than them, then you're not good. I have a question. They're Did like the Kirk Cousins of college football. I have a question. Did, uh, wasn't, wasn't Oklahoma State down in the fourth quarter? Yes. Yeah. They came back and won. Texas is good in all quarters but the fourth quarter, and then they choke. People all on Kentucky bandwagon. Kentucky sucks. But Kentucky 13, UGA 30. I mean, they covered. They covered their spread, but still. I, I, <laughs> I mean, Everybody okay. was so psyched about how Kentucky. Be like, oh, that's huge. We were, ta- we were, we were talking about how Kentucky is going to be one of UGA's toughest opponent, opponents. And they and did I mean, that. they still were. They still were. Like, I know. That just shows you. Like, UGA has gone up against some good people, but... But the fact that they did that to them... UGA, there's no competition for them. Yeah, they yeah, haven't faced any real... Like, they really... I mean, go ahead, Rick. What were you going to say? My legs hurt already. <laughs> why does that have to be this year? Oh, oh yeah. Why don't you refresh us on, on, on that? Yeah, I have to wax my legs. I don't see any way around it. If Georgia makes the playoffs, I have to wax both of them, and there's nothing that can happen to stop that. If Florida's my last hope, I give up. (laughs) 
Yeah. I think you'll be. Hey, maybe Tech will pull it out. Even if Tech pulled it off, they need two losses to not make it in. Everyone else has fumbled. Like, Georgia yeah, has looked so impressive that it would take two losses for them not to make it in. And I just don't see any world where that happens. Yeah. They would need a regular season loss and an SEC loss. And even then, I don't know if they lose unless you have two Big Ten teams that just look outstanding. Yeah, may, or unless Bama just absolutely blows them out somehow in the SEC championship. But I think it'll be really interesting when we actually get to the college football playoff rankings. I think it might be a lot. We might see some stuff different than the AP. We I, might yeah. see Cincinnati a little lower than the AP. We know yeah. the playoffs does not like non-Power 5 teams. Exactly. Yeah. I was just about to say that. I was, just about to, I was just about to pivot and say I don't have much else to say about UGA, and I wanted to talk about Cincinnati because I agree, Artie. I think that the AP, like, they had, they, they, Cincinnati's deserving that two spot just because they've beaten everybody they've gone up against, and they've beaten them pretty well. But like Rhett said, the CFP might not put them in. They might put them at five. Yeah, I, I, see I them, want to see them put, get put in. I could see them being put at, like, three or four in the early weeks, and then after the conference playoffs, if, like, a few teams had a good showing that were in that five or six ranking, just completely jumping over them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also see, like, what we, what we kind of talk about, too, with the college football playoff, they definitely favor how a team is looking at the end a lot more than sometimes their old losses. When we see teams like Ohio state getting in, in 2014 on the first one and then winning it, even though they had lost to an unranked Virginia tech team, you saw uh, we've seen two sec teams get in multiple times. We got an Ohio state, a non-championship Ohio state getting in and then getting destroyed by Clemson. I I think it's, I think there's still their bias towards certain teams, unfortunately, regardless of necessarily their result sometimes. So I, okay, so, well, so who runs this, the college football playoff? Isn't it a board? There's like a board of, it's like a board of seven or something. Yeah. Yep. Isn't it a board of power five? Um, not viceroys or like deans, but it's like, what's the term? <laughs> It's just a board of sorcerers that think they know more about college football than the rest of us. That's literally it. We have Gandalf and Saruman deciding who gets into <laughs> the college football playoffs. Yeah, I have no idea who actually runs it, but hey, it's oh, okay. Do you want? Do you want to know who they are real quick? Yes. Uh, can, you just, can you just tell? I don't care for their names, but can you just tell me like who they're from? Director of Athletics from Kentucky, Director of Athletics from Iowa, a professor from Arizona State, Director of Athletics from NC State, Georgia State, and Wyoming, Director of Athletics from Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas State, and then the last four are someone from Virginia Union University, uh, Penn State University, University of Notre Dame, and the former head coach from Stanford, Notre Dame. In Washington, those were the three that he coached at. So yeah, how, I hear how, majority how, big, uh, big five, P five. Yeah, how how did how how do you get this yeah, job? Okay. That's what, like, I'm so confused. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I don't know how a professor from Arizona State gets on, but he probably taught a wicked econ course one semester. Uh, and no, he probably. Like, oh, it's it's a woman, and she was a reporter. So she's a journalist professor. 
Interesting. I am at a loss for words. I mean, okay. Well, that that's great, but yeah, there's no way UGA has to make the playoffs right. Sorry about your legs. All right, let's move on to another one of those uh, top teams that we thought were going to be top. But Clemson barely beating Syracuse 17-14. to Man, are they terrible this year or what? I mean, so who all here chose Syracuse to win last week? No, I think all of us did. Or I think, no, wait, weren't we split? Artie, wasn't it you and me? I think it was everyone but me. Okay, yeah, I think it was. Okay, so it was it was the three of us, Zach? It was you, me, and Artie? Oh, yeah, because I said, I want the good orange to win. Let's go Cuse. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. So, I, I mean, like, this wasn't, okay, so, like, we're going to get to, like, the upset of the weekend, obviously, but, like, this wasn't, this wasn't that surprising that that Clemson beat them, I guess. It was just so surprising that Clemson was, like, l- losing for the majority of the game and then decided to turn it on and was like, okay, dink, here's a field goal. We can prove that we can still beat this team. Like, Syracuse, I mean, Syracuse took Wake Forest to overtime. Wake Forest is the only undefeated ACC team left. We've talked. I've talked about how the ACC is just cannibalizing themselves now. The same with that what we're seeing on the Pac-12. Um, but you're right, Zach. Clemson has definitely fallen from grace. So just so you know, Clemson was up 14-7 at half and never trailed in this game. But still, well, the fact that they almost lost to Syracuse. Yes, yes I'm not saying that they didn't no, almost yeah, lose. Just, but they yeah. were in control the entire time and did kick a game-winning field goal after Syracuse tied it up. Wait, I think we can all admit that we don't expect a lot from Clemson, but a win's a win. I true. Mean, did you say Clemson I think... scored 14 in the first half and three in the second half? Yes, yeah. I did. Oh my yeah, this lord! Is a really, this is a really low-scoring that game. Was a bad game by Clemson. I'm actually going to comment on something from Clemson. They have a decent defense. Like, they've allowed 10 points, 3 points, 8 points, 21, 13, 14. Like, they have one of the top five points allowed defenses, but their offense is just so bad. Their offense is just garbage, yeah. Yeah. I'll say, so they just need to fix their offense because, yeah, they did hold Georgia, the number one team in the nation, to 10 points, which is insane. And seven of those points were a defensive score by Georgia from a pick six. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so, so you're right. So they only let the them score UGA three. The offense only scored three, yeah. Thing, but, yeah, so Clemson ain't what they always are meant out to be. But moving on, Will, talk about your boys. Talk about that Air Force. So, oh, man, shout out to the Air Force Falcons. My dad, is uh, he's actually going to be out here by the time that this podcast episode drops. I'm excited to see him. He's coming out for his um, reunion at the Air Force Academy. And, yeah, I mean, I got some flack last week about Air Force going and playing play Boise State. You know, we had just seen Boise State beat BYU. BYU was is, is still a ranked team. They're pretty good. Um, but I don't know. I just – I believed in Air Force. I think that they were um, – you know, they were – I thought they were going to be willing to, like, play to the caliber that they needed to. Um excuse me, the level of competition as well at Boise State. And, yeah, they got the win. So, you know, n- nothing to brag about here. Good win. It's still Air Force. It's still the Mountain West Conference. And, um, yeah, overall just excited. You know, glad for, my, glad for my dad, glad for Air Force. So, awesome. Um, but I still think, right, your, your comment from last week is pretty funny about Air Force being trained to fight people that blend, blend in and camouflage and <laughs> Boise State's blue field makes it look like camouflage. That was hilarious. And yeah, that was pretty good. He His take was hot. He was on the money. Yeah. <laughs> Air Force mm-hmm. winning 
Air Force One. Did not expect that, but I mean, Air Force was the mm-hmm. uh, was the was the favorite, right? Because you wanted that to be your upset, but we looked at it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was gonna be my upset, but I believe that they were favored. Hold yeah. on a second, I can go, I can go verify that. Yeah, they, no, they were not. They were, the the line opened at Air Force Plus three. So, oh. um, anyways, no, so I I don't think I had them as my upset last week. I thought you were picking them, um, so. I think I chose I th- no I chose a different team just because I I didn't want to like let my bias get in so I let my uh, my hater bias get in instead and I and so I chose Tennessee over Ole Miss and Dude. Ole Miss ended up just destroying that game. But bias we'll games to- are the best. Moving on to the Florida LSU game. Ooh, what a game! What a high scoring game. Even though Coach O is a bye bye, they won forty nine forty two against Florida. Hey, I told you all that she was gonna win that game. Right, you've Wait, been you've you? been you've been wanting Coach O gone. Talk about it. Yeah, no, I do think Coach O deserves to be gone, but I did choose LSU last week. Just I'm pretty sure I said I wanted chaos, so I chose yeah. LSU. And <laughs> Coach O does need to go. Uh, there's some questionable things that have been coming out where he was letting his girlfriends or some like girls that he was trying to sleep with son practice with the team just so oh, he could sleep with her. It- Wait, it was the son? Yes, it was the son of the girl that he was trying to sleep with. He was letting oh them practice with the team. Oh, my God. And then on top of that, he, at a gas station, ran into a top LSU official's wife who was pregnant and started hitting on her. And all of this came out, and Coach O, they essentially just said after his divorce, his motivations weren't the same. His motivations went back to that of a juvenile child or a juvenile boy where he was just chasing girls and stuff like that. And that's really all he was going after. And like coaching was a secondary thought. So they fired him, but he's coaching out the rest of this season. And when asked about what he would do next coaching wise, he said, I'm just going to take some time to myself. I have a little bit of money now. I can definitely afford a hamburger or two when I go out. I'll say he has okay. seven. He's getting paid 17 million for the next yes. four years to sit on his ass. Can I sign up for that? I know, right? Let, let me go be a coach and just get fired. But go find, go find yourself a Joe Burrow and you'll be fine. <laughs> True. I think that. So, Rhett, I I didn't know that it was as bad as you said. Um, of in regards to the kid, uh, practicing with the team, I thought. So, I guess I didn't read the whole you because you sent it to us, and I guess I didn't read the whole article. Yeah, um, I, I was pretty out of pocket, so like I didn't get to watch any sports at all this past week, more or less read the news about sports teams. I didn't know that the kid was practicing with the team. That is what shocks me, um, that, that he was letting he was letting somebody. I thought he was just letting his girlfriends come to the practices. That's what I thought the concern was, and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But the fact that he was, letting, and he was doing that and letting their kids practice on the team, yeah, that, that's pretty messed up. I mean, because, like, the, people fight for those spots, you know? Like, the, playing college football doesn't just come to everybody. Not everybody has that opportunity. Especially at an SEC top 10 school. That is, yeah, yeah. LSU with the big old win over Florida. Sorry, Dan Mullen, but I don't think you're going to get your championship there. Might as well come uh, back to Mississippi State. He, he might I think Dan job. Mullen's about to get fired, yeah. You think he's going to get fired? Might Ooh. be out of a job. Dan Mullen is one in three against uh, Ed Orgeron all time, and in his last ten games, he's four and six. For a team that was supposed to be fighting for an SEC title and possibly a playoff spot, if you go four and six, you are on the hot seat. That's 
a given. And the no, reason no, no. they hired him was to get him a championship, and he has yet to come close. Last year was his closest year, and he still couldn't do it. You well, know, I think Dan Mullen's fired by the end of the year. So, so okay, I, I, oh, that is a okay. Say that one more time, Red. That's a spicy take. Uh, Dan Mullen will be fired by the end of the year, especially if he keeps losing games the way he's losing this game. I could see. What? If they get blown out by Georgia in two weeks, I could see him getting fired right after the Georgia game. So let's let's remember that Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen's okay. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be both the the angel and the devil here. Let's remember that Dan Mullen's Florida team did lose to Alabama by just a couple of points, like less than a touchdown, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I believe that the final score of that game was. Yeah, it was 31-29. So, I mean, they were a field goal away from walking off, you know, with a victory there at home against Bama, who is one of the best teams in college football. That being said, I think what you're noticing too, Rhett, is you talk about how you met, so you mentioned his stat against Ed Ordron. Remember that last year they were that close to beating LSU, but they had the Florida defender who threw the game away by throwing an LSU player's shoe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so that's what you see a lot is Dan Bowen can, he, he can make these great teams like Zach and I saw it at Mississippi state. He can coach great players, but he struggles with discipline. And that like, I, I kind of, it took me a while to realize that because we didn't notice it until we saw other coaches come in. Like we saw Joe Moorhead step up, and then we saw Mike Leach come in, and Mike Leach just cleaned house his first year at Mississippi State. Like the first year, he just he he was like, "I'm not putting up with this. If you guys want to act like that, then get off my team." And you could see like all of that came from the Dan Mullen era. So I I mean I don't I don't know I I want to say that that Florida has a chance at home against UGA, but still you like saying at know. home, it's a neutral site. It is a neutral site, but it's it's like what it's in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like it's like an hour and a half, maybe two hours from Gainesville, and it's five plus from UGA. So yeah. I, I mean, but I okay. still so I know so many Georgia fans who go to that game. Oh, it's fifty fifty. Ticket no, I, sales are fifty fifty for that game, and it will be fifty fifty. No, there will be more Georgia fans than Florida fans this year. But oh, yeah, okay, let sure. me ask you this: If yeah. you are a top team in the SEC, the Georgia's, the Alabama's, the Florida's, the LSU's, the Auburn's, Texas A&M, I'll throw them in there too, and you've gone four and six in your last 10 SEC games, do you deserve a job if you're supposed to be one of those top spots? Well, no. No, to answer your question, no. You don't. So that's what Dan Mullen's done when he was supposed to come out this year and have a championship or a playoff potential team, and they were talked about winning the East just as much as, or almost as much as Georgia. They were a top 10 team. So they've fallen. They're unranked for the first time in many years. They've lost to Kentucky, LSU, Alabama. I think Georgia beating them could be the dagger in his coaching career at Florida. Yeah, I mean, I agree. They're four and three through week seven. You know, yeah, you beat Vanderbilt. Anybody can do that. You beat Tennessee. Okay, so what? And then you beat two no names. You lost to Alabama. You lost to Kentucky. Kentucky's not bad. And you lost to LSU. I think that the LSU fluke is what's catching everybody off guard and and kind of making everybody like pull back the veil, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I think if I think if I think if, if this score had been reversed and it had been forty nine forty two Florida, 
we would have been having this conversation, but we might not have been saying that Dan Mullen's getting fired at the end of the year. I mean, it only takes one loss to end up losing your job. You could be close, and that one loss pushes it over the edge. And I think this LSU game put him in a position where if he doesn't turn out for that Georgia game, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I agree. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that game could be Dan Mullins pushing over the top point, like you said. But LSU came out on top and played really well. Moving on to the team that me and Rhett were always hot about. Sadly, couldn't take it, even though they were the underdogs. BYU losing 24-38 against Baylor. Man, Baylor came out and played a hell of a game. What was the score of this game at halftime? I'm pretty sure it was like Baylor seventeen. Was winning to three. by a good amount. I'm pretty sure Baylor was winning. Yeah, there. Yeah, it was. Okay, it was seventeen seven. Yeah, I'll say Baylor yeah. was crushing it, and they kind they they kind of let off the gas pedal just a little bit, but they still still came out and won thirty eight twenty four. So that was a good game. Now let's talk about the game of the week. And the Demon Slayers. Purdue taking down number two Iowa. Oh, yes. They have they um they have the most top two wins. Or like Purdue has the most wins against the top one or two team than anybody else. They have nine. They've beaten nine number one or two teams. They have, they have nine? And Holy guess, shit. I don't know who and that's the next has an unranked. Yeah. I don't know who the next one is, but the next team has four. There's like there's like six teams that have four. Oh my god. Okay, I, I just have a question. How the fuck does Purdue keep getting away with this? Like they're not a good football team. They're not a good football school. They regularly have good players and decent coaches. They're just in they're unfortunately in the second best division of football, so they run into being kind of like that side team, kind of like a Tennessee, where like they could once every blue moon pop off and beat somebody. Uh-huh. Like I guess Tennessee did to Georgia a couple of years ago or something, and then it, they'll lose like four games to teams that you may or may not think that they should lose to. So I think Purdue is my favorite Big Ten team. They are there just to purely be an agent of chaos. Yeah, it's great. All they do is every two or three years knock off a number one or number two team and then continue their mediocrity until it's their time to shine again. They play a number one or two team and they destroy them. I I do think Iowa got exposed finally. Like They have a really good defense, but they got behind and their offense is just horrible. I mean... Even worse is they won twenty four to seven. Mm-hmm. The fact that they blew out Iowa, like I count that as a blowout. This is not the first time that Purdue has been unranked and blown out a number one or number two team. If we want to talk to Artie about this experience that he had with his team a few years ago, like they know their game plan when they're playing these better teams. They've obviously, they have nine wins as an unranked team against number one or number two. They know how to motivate their players to go out there and say, we can do this. Like we can beat number like the one of the top teams in college football, even though no one expects us to. So can I, can I ask something and it doesn't really like count for anything? Yeah. 
can we all because it doesn't count for anything and like we know it's not there it's not going to amount to like this is it like this is their season we know it won't amount to anything else can we all claim to be purdue fans in the back of our heads yeah yeah sure, sure. Yeah, okay yeah yeah we're all, we're all team. playing ohio state yeah i'll be a purdue fan okay that's that's fine yeah i mean just in the i'm i'm just saying this for just just kicks just shits and giggles like that i don't i don't know i'm looking at their schedule right now and they're playing wisconsin nebraska uh, Michigan State, uh, like they, they might not win another game. <laughs> they really might not win another game. They might, they might beat Northwestern. I mean, I, I, I will always be somewhat of a Purdue fan solely because they gave us Drew Brees. Very true. You mean like because they gave the NFL Drew Brees? They gave us the ability to watch a professional Drew Brees. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which, was a, which is a gift to everybody because he was so good to watch. He was, yeah. I hate how he played played for the wrong team, though. Right, Zach, you, still, Zach, like, you need to get recognize... o- you need to get over this. Yeah, Zach. Like, real recognize is real though. Like, oh, I think we all are. Dude, I love. Here. Yeah, I loved watching Drew Brees. I just hated yeah. watching him because he was on the Saints. No, all of us. Yeah, all of us are are, are completely in agreement. Then oh, all yeah. of us hated yeah. the fact that he was the Saints quarterback, but we like. We loved being able to watch him play. I, I disliked him last year. Now that he's retired, I'm allowed to love him again. Yes. yes. Agreed. So that's we're all in agreement. We're that's all one of those things where like, I can sit here and say, I respect the hell out of Nick Saban and everything he's done. I just hate him because the school he chose to do it with. Yeah. The same with Bill Belichick. Like It's without just the same thing. Yes, without a doubt. Yep. Well, if, if, if Bill Belichick had the success anywhere in the way that they did you we'd all hate him regardless unless it was at the falcons then he would have been my savior i would have named my child after him same yeah what are you gonna yeah. name your what are you gonna name your child then well, well, well i don't want to talk about Whoa. this <laughs> ham newton duh bo nix <laughs> ham newton I, I couldn't name him bo but it would be after jackson so uh, yeah that would make more sense I'll still know it's Bo Nix, though. Yes, you will. You will. <laughs> but speaking of Auburn, Rhett hit his upset of the week this week. Auburn yeah, beat finally. Arkansas 38-23. Again, another overrated team. I was saying it last week, but I still don't understand how Arkansas lost to Ole Miss and fell like three spots, and Auburn lost to the number one team and fell out of the rankings. So this was my upset purely because I thought Auburn was underranked and I thought Arkansas was overranked. And it obviously showed like we won by 15 points at home against Arkansas. So, I mean, I thought it was a really good clean game all the way through. Bo Nix played amazingly. He had like an 85% completion rate. So, I mean, very good stuff for us moving forward. Now we have our bye week and then we get to play Ole Miss. Yeah, Arkansas didn't. It is back to being overrated. I'm glad they're unranked again. And Still better than Texas. True. Let's uh, keep it in this uh, state of Alabama, even though um, they played at Mississippi State. Saban's just doing his thing. He gets pissed at his team and puts their lives on the line. And they came out and won 49-9. I don't want to talk about this long because... Air Raid failed us miserably with three interceptions and two of them were pick sixes. There's not much to say. Um, yeah, we were we were optimistic. We were hopeful last week. I mean, yeah, we had, you know, like we all knew that Alabama was going to beat Mississippi State. I said Mississippi State was going to win. I believed it in my heart. 
Um, but I am not surprised that we got blown out by 40 points. Same, but because it was my upset of the week, which is why we're talking about it, I had to go with my heart. But, you know, hearts yeah. fail you sometimes. Blame... No, I don't blame you at all, Ziggy. But... That's why you never go with your heart. <laughs> say that again, Rhett. What did you say? That's why you never go with your heart. That's why I never choose Auburn. My yeah, mind. okay. Tell them no. But what I did like about that game is... The Braves were on at the same time, so I got to put a shit out of my mind and watch the Braves win. Since we're talking about upsets, let's move on to Will's upset last week. Uh, okay, so this this one's yeah, so this one's actually going to be pretty lengthy. So Tennessee played Ole Miss. Um, like I said, I didn't get to watch it, like any sports this past weekend. Basically, I was just like following along about everything that happened afterwards. This game kind of sucks for Tennessee, and I mean, so I, I will, I'm not going to defend Tennessee fans about what happened, and basically what happened is Tennessee got upset about a bunch of officiating calls, not just one call, but like multiple calls that, that did not go their way, that got overturned, and like there was not, there was not substantial evidence for it. This was the same officiating crew that, that blew the game. Um, of, of Mississippi State versus Memphis. They worked the Mississippi State-Memphis game. Like, this officiating crew should not be disciplined, but maybe should go to some more training courses. I'm not really sure that they're ready to officiate in high-pressure SEC games yet. And I know what you're thinking. Okay, well, it's Mississippi State-Memphis. That's not a high-pressure game. You're right. It shouldn't have ever been in the first place, but it ended up becoming that. Mississippi State wasn't playing their best football and had a couple of plays that got overturned, and Memphis ended up winning because of that. In this situation, what we saw was Tennessee got a scoop and score called back at the very beginning of the game. Should have never been called back. Um, I believe there was one other officiating call that got overturned, and because of a late replay that happened, which led to Ole Miss having the ball. And so the fans just started throwing stuff on the field, which – is preposterous. It's a terrible idea. You're going to hurt somebody. Like if you're chucking, if you're, okay, let's just say that like in my case, I go to the game and I buy a $10 beer and it's half full. If you chuck that, that thing full of liquid at somebody on the field, you hit them in the head. I mean, you're going to leave a dent. You're going to leave a bruise and hurt somebody. So I am not condoning this kind of behavior. I think it's an, I think it's just terrible. Tennessee fans, you should, you should be better. Like, I guess what I'm doing is I'm just slapping you on the wrist and saying, shame on you. This is pathetic. Um, but I think that if this, I, I really think that if this happened to any, any big SEC fan base where you've, you've got an important game on the line, I think any fan base would be capable of doing something as stupid as this. Like, Zach, I could see this happening at Mississippi State game. I could sure as hell see this happening at a, at a uh, Michigan Alabama game. Michigan? No, I'm talking SEC. Michigan, Michigan fans are completely naive. So, Well, no, I'm talking SEC here. Uh, and so, like, I'm saying that, like, because these are just SEC officials, that this is this is recurring. Well, it's the same officials yeah, that, yeah, it's the same officials that refed the state Memphis game, and they did the Auburn-Georgia State game, too. Um, so, like, they're in these tough situations. They're not making the correct calls, and it, it, and it actually, I mean, it really is costing these teams the game. And so, the fans are getting upset. And they're throwing shit. That kind of behavior, there's no room for that at all. But, like, I mean, it's just pathetic that the SEC keeps claiming, 
you know, SEC, it means that much more. Then why aren't we having the best officials out there? Why are we continuing to put these officials in these situations and, and letting them throw games? Like, whether it's on purpose or not, I know that officials make mistakes all the time, but my God, guys, how many times does this have, have to happen in the regular season? Like, you're going to, if this happens again, you will see another fan base start to throw shit on the field. This might not be the last time we see a coach get hit in the head with a golf ball. So I'm curious about that because wait, who brings a golf ball to a football game? I I've been wondering that too. I was gonna, I was about to, I was about to ask that same question. Go ahead, Zach. So I'm curious about because we had these officials for the state Memphis game. Game was in Memphis, and the ref blew that game for us. I want to know how we would have reacted if it was at state. Say it was the same exact game, same exactly. outcome, same officials, just different crowd. Yeah. I I don't I think Mississippi State is smarter than that. I don't think they're as dip, as dumb and would throw things on the field. I just I think, think they would cuss them out the whole time. I don't think the Mississippi State fans carry around golf balls, but like I'm saying, I don't think listen, you've spent enough time in Mississippi if you think that. Uh, Artie, you dude, have Artie, never been there. We when we were number. All right, our fresh mine and Will's freshman year, twenty fourteen, when we became number one, beating, um, when we were number three, we beat Auburn number two in Starkville. When we won, we didn't rush the field. Okay. Right, but I don't think, I think that we're off. I think that we're getting just off topic here. And well, I'm just trying, I'm trying to show because no, rushing no, no. the and field. I, I, listen, Zach, I get that. I'm 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 trying not to show my bias towards Mississippi State here at all. I am. I think it's I think it's possible. That if that were to happen in another stadium with two other SEC teams, like if, if this happened at Ole Miss and Tennessee ended up winning this game and it was 31-26 Tennessee and the same situation happened to Ole Miss, you can bet your ass Ole Miss is throwing shit at everybody they can. But also another thing that probably influences is they're allowed to sell alcohol in their stadium now. Yeah, and that's what I was going to And so a bunch too. of drunk college kids while at, at um, Starkville. I don't think they're selling alcohol in that stadium yet. Okay, that might be the case, but I, I mean, I, you can bet your bottom dollar that not even 10% of that student population is sober or e- even anywhere close to sober at Mississippi State games. Well, so I just I think that argument's irrelevant. What I'm trying to say is that this could happen to any fan base, and because of that, the question, yeah, we realize, okay, this is shitty behavior. This, there's no room for this. And then we look, so we look at the effect, but we need to also be looking at the cause, which is this awful officiating that is repeating itself. Yeah, I agree with you there. And now that they need to be held accountable for their terrible officiating. Yes. Exactly. Like Tennessee's like going to get fined. Tennessee's going to get fined. And we've talked about that, right, Zach? We've yeah, talked they, about how they already got fined 250000 Right. Yeah, exactly. So they got fined. But we've talked about this too. Remember when we covered the state Memphis game? We talked about how, you know, there's no punishment for officials. Yeah. And like, this. For a month, and then have them go to some more training or something. Like if they're if they're able to ref at the college level, or you think they can ref at the college level, those assigners will put them out of the games. They're not going to be hurting for a job. But that's three yeah, yeah. games, and they still are refing. Yeah, like that's do three something games about it. Season. Exactly. Yeah, it, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's all. That's all that I want to like. We realize, okay, Tennessee, you fucked up. You, should, you like your fan base. You shouldn't do that. But then I'm taking. I'm just trying to take a step back for a second. I'm going. Mm, you know what? They're, they're not the only fan base that could do this. And these officials 
Like we, the, the SEC needs to provide better officiating crews or train them better. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm at a loss for words. I didn't think we would be talking about this again in this in this football season. Like I didn't think we would run into another Mississippi State Memphis situation. But yeah, all that to say, my rant is over. SEC, if it means more, do more, be better. So yeah, I'm sad I lost this one. Uh, Ole Miss came out on top, but maybe I'll maybe I'll have better luck with my upset this week. Yep. All right, Nardi, on to your upset. Yeah, so I picked Boston College for, versus NC State. I really thought Boston College was looking better um, just a couple weeks ago, and I thought they played a good game against Clemson. Um, and I, I still think NC State is good, but I think that they still have some holes in their team. Um, I, I just unfortunately didn't go my way. NC State absolutely clobbered them. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about it. It was uh, not a close game. Yeah, I didn't get to watch that game, so, but I didn't hear, and they got wrecked. So, one and three as a crew. Red's the only one who got the, uh, who got his upset right. Yeah, what's but the overall records? I am now two and four. Will is now two and four. Rhett is three and three. So at least Rhett's 500. And Artie, come on, man. Hey, I, I, I took I took some, too much of Rhett's funny I, juju milk. Okay, true. I'm, all, I'm also on a four-game loose streak. And Artie's one in five. But we'll get it done this week because... It's all, it's all fun and games until you guys start spouting nonsense about Ohio State losing games and they start winning. I, I mean, hey, we're not going to dig into this anymore, but I was kind of close to that Minnesota game. Anyway, Zach, if you wouldn't mind continuing, please. Yep. So let's go on to this week's upsets we picked. Rhett, who you got? have Army over Wake Forest. I'm going for a random game out of left field. I don't really have a reason other than I want to see Wake Forest lose to see Will upset. And yeah. I'm already pretty depressed, man. So I really hope Wake Forest pulls this out. <laughs> so Will, who you got then? I am going to go with a Barnes favorite here. And uh, in the spirit of my awesome cousin, Mitchell Barnes, I'm going to choose Georgia Tech over Virginia. Georgia Tech took it to North Carolina a couple weeks ago. I think that Virginia, they're they're kind of a streaky team. Um, they, you know, they've got some fight in them, but I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia Tech pulls out the upset here. It, this game is at Virginia, so that's the only thing that scares me. If this game were back in Atlanta, I think Georgia Tech would be favored. But all that being said, I believe in Georgia Tech. And, uh, yeah, so in the spirit of Mitchell Barnes, Barnes boys voting together for a Georgia Tech win this weekend. Artie, what's yours? I have Northwestern over Michigan. I hate Michigan. I have They have the most delusional fan base in all of sports. And I think Northwestern is – a little bit better than some people think they are, and I think that they're showing more improvement, and I just want to see Michigan lose, so I'm going to take all of my bias into this game, and Northwestern will win. Come on, Art. I thought you were a huge Michigan fan. I'm well, a against no. the Browns. <laughs> yeah, no, that's see, the I like the Browns more than Michigan. I'll never <laughs> remember. I liked the Browns more until Baker got there. You still See, like him because he planted the flag. Yeah, no, Artie, Artie, you need to stop bringing up old shit. Just stop it. 
I like Baker. We'll get to we'll get to that when we get to NFL. Let's yep. keep rolling. All right, let's round it off with me. Um, not many, a lot of games on this week. I didn't look at a lot, so I just went for LSU's coming off a hot win. Ole Miss barely beating um Tennessee, so I got LSU over Ole Miss. I don't think it'll hit to be honest because they're at they're in the Grove, so we'll see how that goes. But LSU is gonna be mad that. Coach O is leaving, so they're going to play for him, which will give them a little bit more fire in their hearts to win. But those are upsets of the week. We'll see how they go. Will, all you, buddy. Okay, let's break it down. we got a couple different segments here. The first one I want to talk about, which Rhett and I already hit on earlier, coaches to get fired. So, Artie, you and I have the same pick for this week on coaches to get fired, and I am not going to steal your thunder. I'll let you go ahead and kick it off. My coach that I think will get fired is going to be Manny Diaz. I don't think he has many games left. Um, he's the head coach of Miami in Florida. Unfortunately, for high how high how highly touted they believed they were believed to be at the beginning of the season, preseason ranked number fourteen. Talks of Derek King being the highest, getting the Heisman. Unfortunately, with now King being injured, the complete dismantling against Alabama, the loss to Virginia, I, I, I just don't see I, I don't see any real scenario where unless they come out with a couple unless they win out and show like there's a ton of improvement at the end of the season, I don't see it a world where Manny Diaz stays in Miami. Yeah, I, so I, I was thinking the same thing, but I wanted you to kick this off first so you could talk about it. And I, and I wanted a second to look at their schedule. There are two wins. They are two and four in the season and their two wins are against no name teams. So they lost a close one to Virginia. Like I said, Virginia is kind of streaky. Then they lost a close one to UNC. We saw UNC basically like implode this year. And I'm sure if you were a North Carolina fan, watching this game against Miami gave you a heart attack. Like, we <clears throat> we did not see UNC be, like, the unstoppable force. And so, like, Miami Miami could have very easily won that game. But Manny Diaz just – he's not – he hasn't put that team in a position to succeed. Like, he's not, he's not a good enough coach to perform at, at an ECC level. Like, I think he needs <laughs> – I think he needs to lead the Power Five. And I, I also think Miami with – especially early 2000s, late 90s, how successful and how big of a program it was, how big of a fan base that they have, especially in the South. You can't get away with having only a 16 and 13 career record there. You have to be able to at least be contending for an ACC championship regularly. I'm not saying you have to get into the playoff all the time like Clemson or be ranked in the top 10 like UNC. But you need to be at least contending for an ACC championship, especially now. And this year would have been the best one for them to prove it in a wide open ACC where your top dog is no longer top dog. I I don't see a world where you can keep your job when Pitt and Wake Forest are the two best teams in the ACC. Yeah, no, exactly. And so, like, that's what I was about to say is that they're they're playing NC State, who we saw beat Clemson, and then they're playing at Pitt um, on Halloween weekend. I 
and, and then they go and play Georgia Tech, they, they could lose all three of these games. Like, it's very likely that Manny Diaz gets fired before the season is over. Like, if it's two and seven yeah. and you look up, you look up the, you know, early November and, and Miami's two and seven or three and seven, three, you know, three and six, something like that, then I don't know. I, he, he could be headed out the door. You got yeah, anything else to add? The, no, I think, I think I agree with you. I think you kind of want to, if you're, if the school and the university as a program is looking or has already the idea of a new coach, I'd rather be on the side of start your recruiting process early. Get him oh, out of the way. Where you want to go next? Yeah. Think about where you want to go next. Maybe get yourself <laughs> out of the way. Either groom one of the coaches you have if you really like somebody. And if not, look for talent elsewhere. Because there are plenty of really good coaches that are going to be moving around after this year with a couple big seats getting filled, getting opened up. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, all that being said, we are going to move on now. I will throw it over to Rhett and Zach. Who you got? I'm going with Dan Mullen. I spoke on it earlier about how I think Dan Mullen has done pretty bad. Last year was his closest shot, and then he lost all of his starters, and he's had a pretty bad performance this year, losing to LSU when their coach already knew he was getting fired on Friday. The night before the game is pretty bad. And then I just think Dan Mullen has a lack of discipline with players throwing shoes and everything else. And he came in here to win championships and he's not getting close to it. So I think he's gone. Yeah. I'm just going to agree with Rhett. Dan Mullen was there to win a championship and he has yet to get close to one. Yeah. Weren't they, weren't they only like one game away last year? Yeah. yeah to Georgia, but yeah, to Georgia, they still lost like it, to Georgia. Well, but also, like the, the so the thing about okay the thing about the difference in these two situations is Miami has not been good for a while and Florida has been I mean they, okay like like yeah Miami's been ranked but I've also talked about how the AP seems to have been in bed with Miami for ever whereas Florida Florida's uh, I'm trying to go back and see their their they've been in bed with Miami since like 2001. Yeah, but like you look at Florida's 2020 schedule, and they had a couple of shootouts. I mean, yeah, you lose to okay, you lose to um, to to Texas A and M. Yeah, that doesn't look good for you. You lose to Alabama, 52 to 46. Okay, that doesn't look good for you either. But Florida beat Georgia last year, first weekend of November. So like they they. Like the difference is that Dan Mullen has sometimes been able to get those results, but it's it's the lack of discipline in his players, right? That's what you're seeing. Like he's he's not able to he can produce good talent, he just can't produce well rounded players. And so like I think he's struggled with replacing Kyle Pitts. Would you would you agree with that? I think no, I do agree with that. I think Dan Mullen is really good at recruiting. Kyle Trapp and Kyle Pitts were really good there. And, I mean, you saw it at Mississippi State too. He's always been really good at recruiting, but he can't discipline players at all. Like, you literally had a player take a shoe and throw it 20 yards downfield last year to lose to an unranked LSU team when you were a top-ranked team. And I think eventually that shows if you can't control the locker room, it doesn't matter how bad or how well you recruit, you're not going to beat these top teams. Exactly. And it's just funny how you can go from losing to LSU in a field goal to the very next week, you're losing to Alabama in a shootout. So, the, I mean, like, he, he's, he's had the, the lowest of lows 
and some and he's had some of the highest of highs. I mean, they beat they beat Georgia 44-28 last year. So we'll see what happens this year. But we're gonna move on now. Um, so now we're gonna move on. We talk about Heisman picks. We're about halfway through the season, so this is a good point to revisit the Heisman conversation. Uh, I will say that my Heisman pick is. Well, Artie, you and I probably have the same one, so Artie, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Actually, I, I don't think we do, but Artie, I'll let you go first anyways. So I have – mine is kind of weird because where I think the Heisman Committee will actually go and where I think they should go might be a little bit different. Um, I think if you were to give the Heisman away today, it goes to Bryce Young. Um, I think he he's not the reason necessarily that they lost to Texas A&M. I think he played well. I think Bryce Young has come out and played outstanding for this Alabama team, especially when we knew they'd be good, but we didn't know how good. And we clearly see that they aren't missing a step um, with or without Mac Jones. But I personally who I think as of right now should get the Heisman is Kenneth Walker running back from Michigan state. Oh he yeah. Is just miles statistically miles above everybody else and is playing at a high level against good opponents, even being in the big 10, um, you know, getting 150 to 200 rushing yards a game, multiple games with multiple touchdowns. He is just putting the team on his back. And their their passing game isn't bad, but when you have a guy like Kenneth Walker, he reminds me of an old Le'Veon Bell where they could just give him the ball and he would get them the touchdown. And he is a lot of the reason why Michigan State's undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that take. Um, I'm going to pivot, though, now to mine. And Ari, this is who I thought you might... Also, talk about mine is still Desmond Ritter. Um, you and I, uh, yeah, you and no, I, I love Desmond Ritter. That's yeah, a that's yeah, a really I, good point. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then that's why when I when I heard you start talking, I was like, oh man, wait, Artie might say something crazy. He might say, I was like, oh crap, Artie might just show his bias and say C.J. Stroud, but I'm not going to agree with him at all. And mine is you didn't say that either, but mine is still Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter through all of the season has thrown two interceptions so far. Um, he's thrown for 1400 plus yards. He's got 13 TDs. Uh, Yeah. His QBR is only 74.9, but the guy is putting up numbers. He's doing a good job. He's carrying Cincinnati to a playoff, you know, a playoff potential season. Like if Cincinnati makes it to the playoffs this year, it's entirely because of Desmond Ritter. And so I think that, that I, like I, I was, I, I didn't, remember kenneth walker until you said his name um but that's not a bad pick either i I actually kind of like kenneth walker you know because like you're right he's a great running back but i still think that desmond ritter as a non-power five quarterback putting up the numbers he's putting up just proves like he should be in the conversation for heisman oh yeah absolutely and i think that with him too the thing that you get is just that leadership quality that you want in a guy like that Uh uh-huh and uh, that's kind of he's another one that I would say like I would love to see him get it. I think he's deserving of it as of right now. It's just 
is he doing enough? Is he going to be doing enough against good enough teams that the Heisman voting team will be like, yes, here is your trophy? Because in my head, I always go back to the Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry thing, where Derrick Henry won it, and he is a god amongst men and is deserving of every award he'll ever get or has gotten. But he was also at Alabama and doing that against bigger teams, even despite McCaffrey beating him in almost every statistical category. So it's just one of those things, too, where it's how does the committee and how does the voting come out? Um, Because if you look at them comparatively, a lot of teams would just put Bryce Young over Desmond Ritter based on who he's played in just some of the statistics, regardless of how on on film, how and how intangibly Desmond Ritter has looked. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, let's keep going, though. Zach, who you got? I got Matt Corral. I know it's the team I absolutely despise and don't ever want to talk good about them, but he's been coming up clutch lately. He's doing super well for Ole Miss. He's averaging around like 270 yards passing per game, around two to three touchdowns per game. His pass percentage completion rate is up in the high 60s. Like not not a whole lot of quarterbacks do that. I think he's a great, great contention. I don't think he's front runner yet, but I think he can get up there. So I actually agree with you. I think Matt Corral should win the trophy just based off of what's happened so far in the season. But that is what I personally feel. I think the Heisman board still, when I think MVP, I think of the most valuable person on the team. The team could not function without him. And I think Matt Corral is that. I think without Matt Corral, Ole Miss is a 500 team that doesn't win a lot of SEC games and they're mediocre at best. But then... Heisman sometimes just looks at pure stats, and Bryce Young has those pure stats. He's at Alabama. Look at the weapons that he has as compared to the weapons that Matt Corral has, and I think at the end they might just give it to Bryce Young because of the pure stats, ignoring the fact that he has all of these weapons that Corral does not have. Yeah, I completely agree. Definitely, like, they would be nothing without him. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap up the conversation here, and uh, we're going to move on to rapid fire for college football. All right, so rapid fire, we got a whole bunch of takes. Let's go through them. We got number eight, Oklahoma State at Iowa State. We are going to go down the list here, and I am starting with you, Artemis. What you got? I think Iowa State is going to win. I think Brees Hall is fantastic, and I think that they have a great chance to win. How about you, Rhett? I think Iowa State pulls this one out. They are a really good team that have two sound losses to good teams. I don't think they should be unranked, and I think they expose OK State. What about you, Zach? Yeah, Texas sucks, and they almost beat Oklahoma State. I'm going Iowa State. Zach is full on horns down, just so everybody knows. Oh, always. Will, who you got? I am going to go with uh, the—you know what, guys? all ride at the same time the same side this one time let's all let's all ride or die together guys and um yeah i'll cheer on iowa state i liked what i saw from the cowboys i thought oklahoma state put up a show against texas you're right though it should never been close in the first place so i think iowa state could take it we're gonna ride or die on this one together anyways we're gonna move on to ed orgeron's crippled lsu team going to get up against matt corral at the helm with the Ole miss rebels 
already break my heart. Why don't you? I think Ole Piss will actually come away with this game. I don't like Ed Orgeron. The only reason I like him is because he gave, um, you know, my boy his day in the sun and got him to the NFL. Who's your boy? Tell us, who's your boy? Joe Burrow. Mm, sorry, it's getting chilly in here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think Matt Corral is—he's uh, the real deal. I think he'll be one of the top ones in contention with the for the draft coming up, and I think that Ole Miss wins this one easily. All right, your turn, Rhett. So LSU finished off Florida last week, and looking at Ed Orgeron's age, that should mean he's pretty good for two weeks. I think Ole Miss wins this one since. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just oh. spit my water out. <laughs> so I think Ole Miss uh, gets this win. What do you think, Zach? Well, I already picked them as my upset this week, so I already explained it. I'm going to LSU. Will? Honestly, <laughs> I'm going to do this just, just because of Rhett. Like, <laughs> I have to clean up so much water right now, <laughs> but because of right, I will go. I will go with all this. <laughs> Give me a second. I mean, he's just gonna be shooting dust for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Thinking of a dusty team. We're going to move into Clemson, going up against a possible ACC title contender. Number 23, Pitt. Clemson's playing at Pittsburgh. Artie, give me a reason Clemson should win this game. Uh, the only reason why they should win this game is defense. Um, I still think Pitt – so let me say this. I honestly don't know who I want to win because I love chaos, but I also don't like Clemson. So I'm going to say Pitt wins, but I also am very unsure because Pitt almost lost to Tennessee, and I would still say Clemson is better than Tennessee. So we're going to go uh, – I'm going to go with Schittsburg. Yeah, 100%. Your turn, Rhett. I think Clemson wins this one purely off of defense. Um. I still don't buy into Pitt. I don't buy into any ACC team, and I think Clemson still has a chance. What do you think, Zach? Clemson's offense has to show up, though. Pittsburgh had a great game last week, and so I'm going with them. Will, what you got? I, I'm i going to agree with you guys. I mean, there's not really much of a reason besides Clemson's defense. We haven't really seen their offense show up yet against a good team, and I think Pittsburgh is a good team. So, yeah, number 23, Pittsburgh will take this one, and we are going to move right down the list to number 22, San Diego State, playing at my father's alma mater, Air Force Academy. San Diego State is coming from sea level to play up here at the Colorado Elevation. Artie, give me your take. No, I think the I think Air Force wins this one. Um, I'm going to be on your dad's side, good old Stephen Barnes. Um, yeah, I just think that, I, I think the Air Force is just designed that way. They've got a really good running game. I'm going to go with them. Your turn, Rhett. I don't like San Diego State for a very odd reason that I'm not going to get into right now because it's going to sound very petty. 
But Air Force. No, we like it. We like Petty. Go Just ahead. like half the other teams you hate, aka yeah, Florida yeah. State. Yeah. When was the last time you had a good reason? What did someone <laughs> stick a flag in your asshole or something? No, no, no. That'd be Ohio State's field. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so when Auburn started in college basketball, Auburn, when we went to the Final Four, we started off like eighteen and zero or something like that. And San Diego State was the only other undefeated team in the nation, and they stayed undefeated longer than we did. So I hate San Diego State. Yeah, okay. really stupid. Yeah, I, I lost you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, okay. All right. Go on. I still hate Will for stealing something from me in RuneScape. Anyways, um, what do you think, Zach? Years ago. Um, I'm have to go with Will. Let's go Air Force. They put a good show on last week against Boise State, and Boise State's been doing pretty well. So, Will, what you got? Honestly, Rhett, I can't believe you're still holding on to old grudges. <laughs> that RuneScape thing was 15 years ago. But you know what? All that being said, Captain Steve will be glad to know that we are all on the same side. We're all rooting for the Falcons this weekend. I am sure he's going to be at the game. He'll be cheering them on. So we're all going with Steve Barnes this weekend. Air Force Falcons take this one. And now we move on to... Uh, well, th- this could actually be a really cool matchup. USC at number 13, Notre Dame. I don't really know what to make of either of these teams. We've seen both of these teams falter. Artie, what, what is your opinion on USC-Notre Dame? I think Notre Dame wins it. I think that they're pretty good, and I think their biggest struggle is going to be figuring out who the hell is playing quarterback for them because they've had three quarterbacks play at different at different points and have different roles and so i think if they can figure that out um which definitely contradicts my week one or week two take about jack cone being an nfl quarterback next year or something i just i don't know but i personally want notre dame to keep winning because the better notre dame looks the better cincinnati looks and then cincinnati has a better chance of making it to the playoff which is what we all want so I'm going to go Notre Dame because I think USC is somewhat in shambles right now without their head coach. Uh, Rhett, what do you got? You see, Notre Dame always finds a way to yeah. mess up one game in the middle of the year that no one expects. This USA or USC team doesn't have a coach. They don't know what they're doing. They, they don't know anything, and they're going to go to Notre Dame and beat them. And I think it'll be very interesting to watch. What do you think, Zach? I would love to see USC beat Notre Dame. So I'm on the USC train. Even though they don't have a coach, This they're going to beat Notre Dame. All right, Will, what you got? <clears throat> Honestly, this is my bias showing. Um, I dated somebody, and they go to USC currently, and uh, therefore I don't want to root for USC at all. And I also don't want to root for USC because of their, like, whatever it was, their admission scandals. And I also don't want to root for USC because of, you know, them possibly paying players before it was allowed. Like, that's not cool. That's like smoking weed before it was legal. Like, you just can't do that. And so... Wait, 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 wait. I'm the petty one. Wait, 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 wait. Everyone pays players. Not Auburn. Auburn. Not convicted. 
Have, yeah, no, no. Have, you, have you heard any interview with Cam Newton and other players? They're like, yeah, hey, yeah, you know, you're getting a little bit on the side, blah, blah, blah. It's okay, the Mr. Tennessee. We weren't paying them in McDonald's bags. No, Artie, listen. Artie, listen. I'm trying to say this is this one, this is a crusade. I am rooting with the Catholics. And this yeah, week, we can we can root for the them. Catholics, but yeah, that reasoning, yeah, they, 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 the first half of your reasoning, fine. I don't care, whatever. But paying players, everybody does that. Hey, 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 Miss, Mississippi, Mississippi State doesn't, because if we did, we'd actually be good. How'd you get Dak Prescott? That's true. How'd you get Dak? How'd you get Dak Prescott? He was, he was born in Mississippi. He, he's a Mississippi native. Well, no, he's an he's Louisiana native. He lived down oh. in uh, uh How did Baton you beat Rouge. LSU and Alabama in a recruiting trail? Explain. When did yeah. we do that? To get Dak. Money. Okay. No. okay. I'm not gonna we, write. We've paid for- one player. You are ruining my rapid fire. The point I'm trying to make is I am rooting with the Irish. Catholicism will come out on top this weekend. Ga- down goes USC. Now we're gonna move on to Wisconsin at number 25, Purdue. Artie, let me tell you. Let me tell you something right here, right here. Yeah, tell me something pathetic about Wisconsin at number 25, Purdue. All right, so Wisconsin's bad. Purdue is probably bad, but you know. I, I'd be fine if they did well. So we're going to go with Boilermakers all the way, baby. Rat ruined my day. Wisconsin wins this. I don't see Purdue doing anything outside of every one or two years when they beat a number one or number two team. And, yeah, what do you think, Zach? Let's go Purdue. They're number 25. Maybe a, num- a top 25 team can actually win. Will? I do not think that Purdue is the number 25. I do not think they're a top 25 team at all. They just got ranked because they beat Iowa. They had their fluke, um, you know, the one every couple of years. And Wisconsin is a bad football team, but they're not this bad. They're going to be Purdue, like, single-handedly. Now, this is actually, okay, I don't know what I said this about earlier, but this game is probably, like, this is going to be just, this is going to be a fun game to watch. Number ten Oregon at UCLA. This is probably the game. I, I won't say I'm most excited for them because, like, I don't I don't really believe that much in the Pac-12. But I am just excited to see if the I'm just excited to see if the if it's Visor 2.0 or Visor 1.0 that comes out on top. So, Ari, tell me tell me what you're thinking about Chip Kelly for the weekend. Visor mode is no longer godlike. Uh, this line is actually a lot closer than I thought it would be. So I could see UCLA winning, but no, I think Oregon will. I think uh, I think they're too good. I I think that defense will shut down UCLA. But good luck to them. But I think Oregon wins. All you, Rhett. I think UCLA wins this. I don't like Chip Kelly for multiple reasons, mainly petty. But uh, no, no, go ahead, tell us. Tell us. I've already said it. I've already said it in the podcast before. Well, I have terrible memory sometimes. What was it? Uh, Say it again. (laughs) (laughs) Auburn beat them in a national championship, so I never want to see them succeed. (laughs) Well, I mean, they beat Auburn. Okay. Anyways, I think Chip Kelly goes and beats his former team, which would just be hilarious. Um, but yeah, no. What do you think, Zach? Definitely got Oregon in this um, visor mode. Ain't godlike anymore, like already said. Chip Kelly used all the uh, all the skill he had. Will, what's your what's your take? 
I did talk about my Chip Kelly bias at the beginning of the year. We talked about visor mode. Some of us may or may not have thought it was godlike. Some of us may or may not have been right. But I'm going to agree with Rhett. Just like Chip Kelly beat Auburn and crushed their hopes and dreams, he's going to do the same against his former team. UCLA will take down Oregon. When did Chip Kelly ever beat Auburn? He's never when beat he was the off- was, When he was the offensive court, wasn't he the offensive coordinator? Where? At Oregon. When they he beat was you guys. the head coach at Oregon and we beat them. I thought... I no, thought that was the national championship. We beat them. Newton slapped the shit out of Mariota. Okay. Michael Dyer sat his butt on top of one of their players and then stood up and ran in. Well, all of this is great. We're going to leave it in. And um, yeah, UCLA is going to beat Oregon. Oregon's going to lose another fateful duel. Now, <clears throat> that should wrap it up. That wasn't much of a rapid fire, but shots were most certainly coming across the port bow in multiple ways there. And we will go on to NFL. Week six review. So week six, we had a whole bunch of games. I don't want to break them down individually because there is just so much here to cover. We had three games going to overtime. We had a couple of heartbreaks. Um, you know, already our Browns lost. We saw the Bucks barely beat the Eagles. I say barely because it was like less than a touchdown. Um, the Jags get their first win. The Vikings somehow survive. My Broncos lost. Yeah, that sucks. The Steelers end up beating the Seahawks in overtime. Dak Prescott showing us he can do it, beating the Pats in overtime. But you know what, Zach? I'm going to give the floor to you first. And I want you to tell me about the twigs that make up the Buffalo Bills defense. They aren't twigs. Derrick Henry is just inhuman. No, they're beanbags with twigs in them. Yes. Bills have one of the best defenses in the league. Derek Did you see the Henry, way Micah Pearson got run over by Derrick Henry? Again, Derrick Henry is not a human being. He is on a completely different level than any other running back in the league. He has 260 more yards than any other running back. You tell me that this league is meant for running backs, except for Derrick Henry. He is the only one that can do anything. I agree. Zach, I am just saying, I tried to, like, we, so we were all on the Bills last week, correct? Like, all of us picked the Bills to win. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty probably. positive. All yeah, right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive we did. And, um, Artie and I picked the Bills, you and Rhett picked the Titans. Okay, okay. Nice. So, so, yeah, so we were, okay, so Zach, we were split down the middle last week on, on this game, and I tried to say, Derek Henry tree trunks for calves and you just threw it to the side you jumped through a table you, you ripped your shirt off yelled at me bills mafia all of that listen nobody's denying the bills are a good team but we have to put some respect on the titans name yeah you're we right yeah right I'll, they- eat, I'll eat my yeah. own words and okay. yeah the titans did great um i will blame josh allen did not have an mvp game like he's been having every game um their run game wasn't as good as it could be for the Bills. What was the other thing? Um, yeah, because or I'll get back to the Josh Allen not being great. For the very first, he could have had a touchdown the first um, one of the first couple of plays of their drive. Um, um, Sanders was wide open in the end zone. He could have thrown it to him, but he got too worried about the rush and th- just threw an outlet to Knox, and then didn't even get a first down on that play. Um, also, the very last play of the game. 
I'm sorry, the way Josh Allen was playing, they should have gone for the tie. They should have kicked the field goal instead of going for it on fourth and one. Yeah. And the way they did it, they didn't even try to draw them, um, draw the Titans offsides. So I just think a little bit of bad coaching at the end. Line wasn't really blocking too well. And again, Derrick Henry is a god amongst men in the NFL. So. I will say, Zach, take the coaching out of the scenario. Like, that was probably still the right play to call. I mean, yeah, okay. It, like, looking back, I wanted to say the same thing because I, I literally looked at it and I go, why didn't they just go for the tie? But it kind of looked like Josh Allen, like, it kind of looked like he fell. So, that being said, I, you brought up a good point about MVPs, which I want to use to talk about a couple of other games. Artie, we have been high on the Cowboys. Yes, I know you're going to talk to me about the Rams, but I, don't, I really don't want to hear it. I want to talk about the Cowboys. Artie, will you talk about the Cowboys with me, please? Yeah, Dak Prescott is still, in my mind, one of the top three for MVP. Ooh, Zeke. I like that. Zeke like is – the running game is great. I think the the dual punch of having Zeke get the majority of the carries, but then you also still have Tony Pollard, who is a great backup running back and probably could start in a lot of places. Um, he would definitely help the Bills out a lot. Um, yeah. But, but I think the Cowboys – are fantastic. I honestly think this game is more of a testament of how good the Pats have been getting and how good Mac Jones is proving to be. But, uh-huh. but the game could have been completely one-sided after uh, Mac Jones threw that pick six late yeah. in the game. Um, and you see some younger guys. The thing that is really exciting for me about the Cowboys is I think that they are – a top five, top six team in the league right now. And they're really, really good. They're one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best running backs in the league, great defensive line, good offensive line. One of the top, when everybody's healthy, one of the best receiving cores in the entire league. And they have a great young defense that is getting turnover after turnover, after turnover, after turnover. That's, that's all I got on the Cowboys. I, I, I'm incredibly impressed with them. No, I, I really am. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, he he could very well be the defensive player of the year already. He has, like he has more than double the interceptions of anybody else. Any other team? Any yeah. other team? Yeah. Not just anybody else? Any other team? He's doing. I mean, he's playing lights out. So I, I agree. I mean, yeah. I I don't want to flaunt it too much. I agree with you though. But like the Pats lost a close one to Brady and the Bucks too, which is kind of you know it's kind of like reminiscent to say that. Um, but you're right. The Pats have improved a, a whole bunch. They're playing to their competition. But the Cowboys are doing great. Dak is doing amazing. He's looking good uh, after after you know coming back from injury. And now, Artie, we must move on to somebody else who's in the MVP race: the Cheat Code beating our Browns. Um, our banged up Browns are not doing too hot. They're not looking that good. They are hurt on like every every possible position on the offensive side of the ball. They're hurting. They cannot get points scored. Kyler Murray just continues to roll these teams. Like, 37 to 14, Kyler Murray has to be in that conversation for MVP as well. Like, we, we've talked about the Titans' bills and how Josh Allen didn't have that MVP conversation. I will say that for that game, that makes me think of, like, Derrick Henry. Cowboys, I, I want to say that Dak looked like an MVP candidate from there, you know, just continues to. And the Cardinals are the same way. They're proving that they've got an MVP candidate 
at the helm with Kyler Murray at quarterback. Oh yeah, I definitely think Kyler Murray is one of the top. Josh Allen definitely up there, and then Dak. I think those are like my top three MVPs right now. But another thing, don't count Derrick Henry out. He is putting the team on his back, and I feel like he is definitely in that top running. I agree with you that Derrick Henry probably, again, this is my deliberation of should and will, is, yes, I I, I do think Derrick Henry is showing to be the the most valuable player. But when you look at the the league and you look at who votes on MVP, Kyler Murray is showing what exactly they want. One, he's a quarterback, which automatically gives him an advantage because he touches the ball every single play. But Kyler Murray, I mean, Kyler Murray is playing lights out, but he also has an incredible wide receiver core. When you have A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, and then you have two really good running backs that can catch the ball with James Conner and Chase Edmonds. I, I don't I don't and now they have Zach Ertz. He can literally just throw the ball in the air and somebody that is an all-star type wide receiver will catch the ball. Yeah. Which is which is crazy. Like DeAndre Hopkins is probably is in the top through five to three RB like wide receiver ones. You have A.J. Green, who's a former wide receiver one, and is like in third or fourth place on their team for receivers. Christian Kirk, who has come out of the woodwork, is really good. Rondell Moore can pop off at any game. Zach Ertz is a great tight end that they'll now have. You have good running backs. Yeah, I think Kyler Murray is really, really, really good and probably will get it if you look at how it is right now. But... He's not, in my opinion, if you take him out and put a good quarterback in, they can still be incredibly successful because of all the weapons that are around him. Yeah. Whereas whereas Derrick Henry, I agree with you, he's carrying that team. Regardless of how good Tannehill and those receivers are, Derrick Henry is the reason that te- that offense even works. It's the reason they won yesterday, too. Their receiving squad didn't really do much until the second half. Uh-huh. And Derrick Henry yep. had three touchdowns. So yeah, he's insane. Yeah, like the guy. You can't possibly have the MVP discussion without bringing up Derrick Henry's name. And I'm mean, just to give a quick statistic to you guys before we break down or we talk about like another game. Derrick Henry has 13 touchdowns in the last five games alone. So I mean, the guy, the guy's doing it all. Like we saw him lead the comeback against Seattle. We saw him lead the win here against Buffalo, you know, this, and this was Seattle with Russell Wilson. So like a, a pretty decent team, like a good, I'd say a good team, you know, not great, not, not playoff contenders, but a good team. And then we saw, we just saw Henry, what he did with the bills. Like it's insane. You know, we're, I mean, we're, I, I, I don't know. I, it, the guy, you're right, Zach, the guy is a God amongst men. So now we will talk about the last game. Um, to uh, to kind of go back to the you know we'll, we'll incorporate the Falcons a little bit with this. We've got the Jags picking up their first win against the Dolphins. Uh, how are we feeling about this? With Urban Meyer finally getting his first W this season as a professional coach. Dolphins I just don't look good. 
I think Urban Meyer finally realized how to just grab and hold on to something that he wants, and he wanted to win, so he grabbed and held it onto it, or held onto okay. it. <laughs> I I knew somebody was going below the belt here, and, and I should have I should have figured it was Rhett's comments. And yeah, following Urban Meyer too much, apparently. It's always I Rhett. mean the Jags did well. And I think they can build off of this going forward. I think Trevor is starting to get his feet wet in the NFL, and it's going to start improving a lot from here. I I think that when you look at this team, I'm more happy. I, I mean, obviously, I'm much more happy for the players than I am for Urban Meyer right now. He's had his day in the sun, and unfortunately, he's been squandering it lately. I'm happy for him, but I'm much more happy for the organization that they were able to actually get their first win. And hopefully, and what I've been seeing week over week, especially after the first two or three weeks, is that there's legitimate improvement and you know you're getting weapons back for the next two years with Etienne and whatever draft picks they get. And we're not saying that they're going to have a great season. They're still in a mediocre division, but this is a good stepping stone for them. And I think it's a confidence booster for Trevor Lawrence, who I know we all want to see do well. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. It's good. It's good momentum for the Jags. Um, the Dolphins only put it up 20. You kind of see like, it kind of looks like um, Tua coming back from injury is uh, he's struggling a little bit. So um, we're, I, I will just hope like taking this into the Falcons next week, that. We see the Dolphins still hinder behind 100%. You know, you know, if to a place, to a place, that's fine. I'm, I'm just hoping that the Falcons' defense can hold in there because I know Tua's got a good arm and he's got a, he's got a great wide receiver in the form of Jalen Waddle. But yeah, all this being said, what I am trying to phrase is, if the Jags can do it, I pray the Falcons can too. I think Falcons definitely will. I already put my take out there with that game, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Go back so, into it, but no, yeah, perfectly Falcons fine all the way. So, so yeah, like I like I touched on previously, we saw a couple of other close games. Steelers beat the Seahawks without Russell Wilson. Vikings win, and the Broncos fall at home to the Raiders. You know, I I was pretty high on my Broncos, and granted, now that we're getting to actual football teams, it's sad that we're not able to continue off of the uh, success we had against those pansy teams that we played in the first couple weeks. So now we're going to move on to week seven. We've got a whole bunch of matchups to cover, and we're just going to rapid fire through them, boys. Falcons, Dolphins, let's go down the list. Artie, we have covered this game left and right, up and down, inside and out. Hit me with it. Falcons, Furry Birds, Barnes, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Sorry. <Wait>. Go Rhett. Sorry. <laughs> um... I think the Falcons can go and get another good win, start to get on a roll, and uh, we'll see how it goes. What do you think, Zach? The fact that the Jags lost the Dolphins with Tua, I think we can easily beat them. Let's go, Falcons. Will, I hope you're choosing the home team. You know I'm choosing the home team. We're riding with Matt Ryan. Matty Ice, you got this one. Bring us home another win. Moving on, Washington football team against the Packers. All right, let's see if we can break Zach's heart. No, the Packers are winning this game easily. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Rhett, you, Rhett, you can break his heart. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not insane. Packers win this. I'm sure Zach would love to talk more about the team that he so dearly loves. So let's hear it. All right, yeah, easily got the Packers. 
Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have a great connection right now. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league right now, has the most yards, and then Aaron Jones is just going to run him over. But, D- okay. but yeah, Will, don't break my heart, Dude. man. Do not break it. Ziggy, Ziggy, your fragile, fragile heart. It rests now in my palms. It's beating. There's blood everywhere. I can't control it. And I'd love to choose the football team. But this you know what? Really, this is really weird and meta. I don't really yeah, like yeah. it. <laughs> I, I, I kind of got, got stuck down a rabbit hole here. And, I, and I, I'll be honest, I had to keep going with it. And you know what, Zach? You can trust me with your heart. We're all riding with the pack this week. Go pack, That's go. what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. Let's roll. Yes, sir. I love you, too. Now we're going to move on to the Panthers versus the Giants. Artie, do you think that the Giants can get their second win of the season? No, the Panthers win. I think Sam Darnold is too good. Chuba Hubbard's actually stepping in for McCaffrey really well. If McCaffrey's back, it's a definite win. Um, I, I would go probably 70-30 here. Panthers' defense is still pretty solid. Panthers all the way. Go, Rhett. I think anyone that chooses the Giants might be a little bit insane. That being said, I'm an Auburn and Braves fan, so let's go Giants. What do you think, Zach? Dude, Giants have so many injuries. I don't know. It's a tough one, but Panthers. If Giants didn't have so many injuries, I'd say Giants, but Panthers will have to take this one. Oh, Will? You know what? Just quick question. Is Saquon Bark is he uh, healthy? No, he has a high ankle sprain, I think it is, so he's going to be out a couple weeks. Oh, dang. That sucks. But you know what? I don't fucking care. The Giants are going to win this football game. I'm just going to take it down. Giants win this game. Put it in the books. Giants win this game. Now, we're moving on to Burrow, Bengals, Barnes, Battlestar Galactica, taking on who someone else who should be in the MVP race if they haven't already proven that they deserve to be the number one candidate. The Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Already, already I mean, <laughs> how? Tell me how the Bengals win this game. Bengals win this game because Joe Burrow is really good. And they have Jamar Chase, who's probably for somehow after all those drops in the preseason, Jamar Chase is a top five receiver right now, statistically. I think the Ravens win. Go Rhett. I actually agree with you. I think the Ravens win this. I don't see how the Bengals can win this. Their kicker is no good. Burrow is... I'm not going to insult him because already knows where I live. Um, But yeah, Ravens win. What do you think, Zach? I mean, yeah, Bengals are, are much better this year than they were. But Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they put a beat down on the Chargers last week. And I thought the Chargers were going to be a top team. So I'm definitely going to have to go with Ravens. They put a beat down on the Chargers with Lamar throwing two interceptions. Yeah. yeah. So imagine if he had played a cleaner game. How bad it could have been. Exactly. So, yeah, I got Ravens winning. So, Will, who you got? You know me. Professor Chaos over here. Bengals, Burrow, Barnes, Bears, Beats, Battlestar Galactica. Bengals win. Now, this back half, we are going to speed it up here. Ten words or less. Ah, no fooling around. That is the motto. No fooling around. You hear me, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> All right, good enough. Jets, Pats, Artie, go. Pats, Mac, Belichick. Pats win. Rep. Belichick is the Jets' daddy, but the kid wins. Jets. What do you think, Zach? You're hilarious. The Jets suck. Let's go, Pats. Ew. Will, 
I, I have to get that taste out of my mouth. So you're up. I like planes, jets, Chiefs, Titans. Artie, take it away. Tree trunks for legs. Chiefs have no defense. Derrick Henry, 700 yards and 76 touchdowns in this game. Go ahead, Rhett. Derrick Henry is an animal. I hate that he went to Alabama. Chiefs. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, um, Pat Mahomes isn't looking having his MVP year. Um, Chiefs defense is also one of the worst defenses in the league. And Chiefs also lost to the Bills last week or two weeks ago. Derrick Henry's going to run all over the Chiefs. Let's go, Titans. Will, who you got? Derrick Henry, tree trunks for calves. He's going he's gonna to carry in a victory. Titans win this football game. Lions, Rams. <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. Lions, Rams. Artie, fine. Go ahead. Rams are the best team in football. Go ahead, Red. They aren't. Uh... Quarterbacks get to see their old teams. Stafford gets the last laugh. Lions. Lose. Wait, what? He <laughs> <laughs> didn't finish. You didn't let him finish. Lions lose. What do you think, Zach? Uh, I'm agree with Rhett. Lions suck. They're going to lose. Let's go Rams. Still not the best team in the league, though, but let's go Rams. Will? I have to. I have to do it. I'm sorry. Why do you have to do it? I have to. Why? Explain yourself, peasant. Fatigue, insanity. I'm building a plane right now. Lions win. Eagles, Raiders. Who we got, Artie? Who we got? The Vegas Raiders. I think they'll win. I think Derek Carr is incredibly motivated. Uh, I think they have both the running backs back and healthy with Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. They've got good receivers. They have Darren Waller. They have a good defense. I think that special teams coach that stepped in is incredible. I don't see a reason why the Eagles win. They're not good. Go Raiders. Your turn, Rhett. Anyone that loses to the Raiders after the whole Gruden incident and they don't even have a head coach is actually one of the worst teams in football. Suck it, Broncos. Hey, fuck you. (laughs) Eagles win. What do you think, Zach? I'm with you there. Eagles win. They're going to take that. Momentum they had in the second half of the Bucks Eagles games and carry it in. Let's go, Eagles. Will. I agree. That with the Broncos you guys. suck? No. <laughs> Fuck my ass, Rhett. I agree. Eagles win this football game in our hearts. But the Raiders will win. Derek Carr's that good. Raiders win. Now, we are going to the Texans versus the Cardinals. Already, based off of the rumors that Tyrod Taylor might be back at the helm. Give me your matchup, 10 words or less. Remember, no fooling around here, ladies. Cheat code. Uh, Tyrod Texans, terrible still. I think Tyrod's better than Davis Mills, but the Cardinals are just too good. They're the second best team in the league. Go ahead, Rhett. Cardinals undefeated season? MVP? Super Bowl? Cardinals win. What do you think, Zach? Artie's right. Cheat code, cheat code, and more cheat code. Cardinals easily take this game. I'm going to say by 21 points. Will? Yeah, no fooling around, guys. Like I said, Cardinals win this football game. Plain simple. Mark Ingram might get a touchdown, though. That's kind of cool. Bears, Bucks, Bees, Battlestar Galactica. 
Brave Birds Pod, Artemis Lewis, who you got? I think it'll be cool seeing one of our favorite young quarterbacks against Tom Brady. I know this is not 10 words. Uh, Bucks win. Go, Rhett. Um, Bucks are the better team here by far. Brady, Mike Evans, Godwin, Gronk, Antonio Brown. Bears win. What do you think, Zach? Bucks have the best rushing defense, but Justin Fields is fast, and I think he can get around it. I hate the Bears, and I don't want to see them win, but I think they can win this game by two or three. Will, your take? Got to root for my Bears. I mean, for Justin Fields. Justin Fields and the Bears, they take this one. Colts, 49ers. Artie, what you got? I, you know, I I think that the Colts are actually showing some improvement. I'm going to go with the Colts here. An- broken ankle boys doing me well. Your turn, right? I still don't know how he hurt both his ankles at the same time. Mad athleticism. <laughs> Man must be more athletic than Mac Jones. 49ers win. What do you think, Zach? Colts actually look really good since Carson Wentz came back. I'm going to have to go with the Colts. Will? Yeah, Colts defense has been big on them all year. Carson Wentz, doesn't matter how many working ankles he has. He threw for like almost 300 yards last week. Colts win. Time to wrap it up. Here we go, boys. Saints, Seahawks. Slither me, Timbers, Artemis. Who you got? Famous Jameis all the way. We're gonna go with the Saints here. Go ahead, Rhett. Don't do don't do your don't do your standard Seahawks thing. Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf. Cam Newton? Oh wait, that was just a rumor. Saints win. What do you think, Zach? Seahawks played better than I thought without Russell Wilson, but they're still bad without him. So I'm going Saints. Will? Saints. Alvin Kamara. Great guy. He's gonna do it. Saints win this game. Saints. All right, that wraps it up for episode 10. Um, Hopefully, we will have some great news for you next uh, time we speak, as in hopefully we'll be in the World Series. But other than that, stay tuned to Twitter. We'll keep you updated with all the scores. Um, Like, subscribe. Barnes. Testify. Burrow. Brave Birds Pod. Peace out. Battlestar Galactic.